Hello, it's November 2nd. This is Dr. Stout, and I would like to talk about how serpentinization makes the jade for me, but also may save the world and maybe the origin of life itself. This is sort of a uh, technical uh, supplement. I'm going to be talking about uh, some things outside of my specialty, uh, geology, chemistry, uh, a, a range of um, really specialized technical information that is uh, not my usual topic. Uh, but I'm really interested in these subjects, obviously, because uh, I like to carve jade, and uh, also because I'm interested in the origin of life and uh, saving the world. So uh, what is serpentinization? So serpentinization is when water comes down from the surface and uh, encounters a uh, batch of uh, iron-containing rocks uh, in the sort of a set set of conditions, a decent amount of pressure and a high temperature, but not too high. And then the rock, uh, the iron in the rock becomes oxidized and uh, the oxygen is coming from the water and so it releases hydrogen. And so this was in the news recently uh, where a new um, uh, drill hole uh, in uh, France that was looking for uh, natural gas actually found hydrogen instead. And so this is very exciting and it may well be the saving of the world because it is clean uh, hydrogen that doesn't need other forms of energy to produce it. Uh, obviously there's a little bit of energy in uh, getting it out of the ground in the first place, but other than that, it is the perfect green energy source. When you burn hydrogen, it just combines with oxygen to make water again, so there's no pollution. Uh, there's no particulate matter. It is just about the perfect fuel. It has a couple of problems with storage and things like that. It's very, very uh, bulky. Uh, but uh, in terms of just a, 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 a perfect fuel, it's really hard to beat the um, cleanness of hydrogen. So why am I so interested in serpentinization? Uh, it happens really anywhere uh, water can encounter iron, uh, particularly in a silicaceous um, uh, rock form. Uh, and it's mimicking the same kind of actions that happen when uh, life in a uh, marsh or uh, in a deep sea area uh, also has iron encountering water. So uh, microbes uh, in uh, low oxygen or no oxygen environments can actually use iron uh, and combine it uh, in various ways with water as a uh, form of energy. Um, sometimes this is an abiotic process that releases hydrogen that the um, uh, bacteria can then use themselves. So it's also a, a form of uh, food for the bacteria if it's uh, abiotic. Uh, but I suspect in many cases it is a uh, biotic mediated process that is uh, uh, changing uh, iron, uh, Fe, to oxidized forms. First Fe2 and then Fe3. Uh, so the, 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 the two forms of um, uh, ferric and then ferrous iron uh, that have um, very different looks. And the fer um, ferric iron, the Fe2, is red, while ferrous iron is, uh, becomes uh, Fe3 and is, is, is green. And that is what the green in my jade is. So this is a process uh, that is happening uh, really everywhere uh, that there is both water and iron. Uh, and the bacteria are using these as energy forms. And the interesting thing is um, there is uh, 
competition between abiotic processes and, and, and life, any, any energy that's just there to be scavenged, uh, life would like to use it, but sometimes it just, you know, things burn on their own uh, without life being involved in oxidizing something or in uh, moving electrons around. Uh, so uh, in, the, in the deep sea, uh, it turns out, uh, and, in, um, and in marshes, and in where, yes, again, everywhere this is happening, uh, it turns out that uh, under um, slightly acidic conditions, uh, bacteria can often outproduce the um, abiotic uh, sources. And uh, then what they'll do is they'll turn Fe2 to Fe3, the part I'm particularly interested in. And in the production of Fe3, the uh, iron becomes less toxic to the bacteria. It becomes uh, less soluble, and it end up, ends up being uh, excreted as a uh, iron oxide. It actually does these really weird things. It makes these long braided strands as the uh, bacteria get rid of the excess iron. Uh, so as, as they're essentially eating iron, their, 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 their iron poop looks like long threads. Um, and uh, this forms um, bacterial mats. Uh, you might have actually seen this. Uh, sometimes streams uh, in the summertime as they're running uh, low uh, will be a little bit acidic, and you'll start to see uh, a sort of red slime forming on the basic, uh, bottom of the stream. That is actually uh, iron um, oxidizing bacteria making that reddish slime. But in uh, other conditions, that would be green. Now, um, obviously, in a, in, a, in a stream on the surface, you're going to have enough oxygen that it can... Uh, form uh, other, other forms of, uh, of, of iron oxide than, than the green one. But the green one uh, happens uh, preferentially under uh, very deep conditions, uh, preferentially at about, um, what is about 18 uh, K bar, which uh, I had to look up. That's uh, about 18,000 times 14 and a half pounds. Uh, is the actual pressure, uh, comparing it to sort of PSI, so pounds per square inch, um, it would be 18,000 times 14 and a half to give you the total pressure. Uh, it happens at about 300 uh, degrees centigrade. Uh, so it's at 18 K bar and uh, 300 C. Um, uh, so it's hot, but not incredibly hot. And uh, these are temperatures that life might actually be able to exist. At those pressures, water doesn't boil, so the, uh, the, the cells wouldn't burst. And if uh, life is able to um, uh, outcompete the abiotic factories under these circumstances, it's a very um, uh, useful form of energy. So there's uh, a, 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 a ton of um, uh, energy released in the process of oxidizing iron. Um, it's a very exothermic reaction. And one of the interesting uh, aspects of it is that um, as the reaction occurs, it releases the heat uh, to the to more or less the temperature that it needs. And obviously there's, there's different depths where it can find the right temperature, but it makes its own heat and it re releases about 300 uh, degrees worth of heat and it like to live at about 300 degrees, 300, 350. Um, so if it gets too hot, the uh, process slows down. And if it uh, cools down, the process slows down. So there's an optimal temperature, but it's able to, uh, Simply because the process exists, the uh, the process will uh, expand the region of that optimal temperature by producing its own heat. So it's a really interesting reaction that has uh, similarities to the way uh, bodies work, right? So that bodies are working at a particular temperature at which they work best to produce that particular temperature. Uh, it's a, it's a homeostasis. 
Um, and uh, there is also uh, a, a changing from one thing to another, changing the iron into the uh, iron three and changing, uh, taking the oxygen out of the water and releasing hydrogen. That's metabolism. So there's many uh, aspects of this that really resemble uh, life and uh, to me are almost a, you know, interesting way of thinking about how, how the earth is in a certain way alive. And it might actually be life. It might actually be bacteria are helping this process. And um, one of the sort of interesting side things about this is uh, serpentinization, making serpentine, uh, involves uh, a, a, a sort of fibrous matted look to the, the uh, resulting um, minerals, uh, particularly jade. If you look at jade, it looks like uh, uh, almost like felt, like, like fibers that have been laid down flat and all tangled together. And that's what gives jade its toughness. Uh, and if you look at uh, bacterial mats that have been uh, oxidizing iron, uh, as these threads come out of the bacteria, they also form these kinds of uh, matted uh, kinds of uh, felted looks. And uh, I, 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 I find the, the uh, similarity somewhat compelling. I mean, obviously, I can't uh, prove anything because they happen to both have these thin matted threads. Uh, but it's the kind of thing that is at least, you know, circumstantial evidence that these are uh, bacterially uh, mediated reactions uh, that uh, might be um, producing the very rocks I carve, which I find very interesting. Um, the uh, the matting process uh, produces um, iron that is uh, pretty resistant. Uh, it's uh, insoluble, and uh, so these would make excellent fossils. And uh, one of one of the ideas about jade is that it's often uh, what's called metasomatic. It's a wonderful world word. Uh, meta meaning you know changing or going beyond, and somatic meaning body. And it's when one rock uh, replaces another rock. And so uh, jade is often seen as being uh, metasomatic uh, and, and replacing other, 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 other things. And it may well have been uh, associated with this kind of uh, iron matting. Or uh, a little further out, a little more science fiction-y, uh, the silica in jade and the iron in jade together might be some sort of uh, 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 bacterial or living, let's say, uh, form of production. Archaea are also down there doing uh, some of these things, and there may well be other forms of uh, life, um, similar to life that we know, not, 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 not too science fiction-y, but, uh, you know, DNA-based life with cells uh, that we don't even know about, right? So archaea were only found in the 70s, now we're realizing they're everywhere, um, but there could well be things that are down there that we don't know about at those pressures and those temperatures. Um, even more science fiction, there might be uh, some sort of thing that's uh, involving um, transformation of silica itself. You know, back in the early days of science fiction, that was often one of the the, the, the speculations that there was some sort of silica life. Um, I'm, I'm not saying there is. Everything I see could easily be done by bacteria, uh, but it's uh, kind of fun to think about that um, the very uh, beginnings of uh, of of life may have involved uh, some some aspects of uh, silica chemistry. Um, I haven't really talked about that part of it, or why, why I keep mentioning this at the beginning of life, not just something producing free hydrogen that'll give us clean energy. Uh, but uh, the idea is that uh, when this hydrogen is produced, um, it's often produced uh, both in uh, coastal uh, margins and at uh, sea force seafloor spreading areas and near hydrothermal vents. 
Uh, and when uh, that, this hydrogen is produced, it's a rich source of food for uh, bacteria. And so uh, chemosynthetic bacteria, uh, bacteria that are able to eat um, chemicals as opposed to, say, photosynthetic uh, bacteria that are eating life, um, sorry, eating light, um, uh, the uh, chemosynthetic bacteria are, are using um, uh, generally assumed to be abiotic-produced uh, chemicals such as uh, hydrogen uh, as, as direct sources of energy. Uh, I'm wondering if this uh, hydrogen isn't also being uh, produced by uh, other, other living organisms. And that would, that would go along with um, a lot of the way life works, right? Life tends to uh, make its own habitat, right? It, 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 life makes soil that plants can grow in, uh, plants feed the animals, etc. So it, it, life makes the habitat for itself. Uh, perhaps the hydrogen that is being produced is actually being produced uh, by uh, bacteria. I think there are some cases where that is definitely the case. Uh, and that these um, this hydrogen then provides uh, a, a, a ecosystem for a whole wealth of other bacteria and then uh, higher forms of life above that. And so one speculation is that these uh, oases of, of, of life may have provided uh, a way for living chemistry to develop in the very early days of, of, of Earth. Uh, at the very beginning, uh, uh, Earth was not habitable, right? By anything, by any any forms of life, uh, and there were uh, you know asteroids hitting all the time, comets hitting all the time. Uh, it would have been a you know a, t a terrible place for for life to evolve. But having a uh, protective blanket of an ocean on top of you uh, would have would have allowed life to exist in a so somewhat more stable environment. Uh, the problem is it's not exposed to any sunlight, so there wouldn't be any uh, forms of uh, uh, energy to be used that we normally think of as, uh, you know, everything is based on, uh, on, on, on the sun's energy. So it would have to be the chemosynthetic energy. And so uh, one of the, the leading theories for the beginning of life is that it happened at these uh, uh, underwater sites. Uh, sometimes people say hydrothermal vents, or it could be ocean uh, seafloor spreading areas where uh, it was it was stable and uh, gave a place for life to develop over time. Um, another really interesting thing is there's been periods, peri periodic uh, times when there was uh, the life, uh, the earth was covered with ice and snow, and there wouldn't have been in any place for uh, life to exist on the surface. And during these times, uh, the hydrothermal vent communities and these uh, chemosynthetic uh, vent communities may well have been uh, a way for life to survive during these times when uh, Earth would have not been uh, habitable in any way. There was ice from pole to pole. Uh, so it's it's really interesting to think about how these things are uh, connected. Serpentinization, the 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 formation of uh, serpentine releases naturally hydrogen. Uh, it's about um, somewhere around half a half a gram per kilo of of serpentine of hydrogen that gets produced, and that's a ton, right? So rock is heavy, and for every kilo of it, you're going to get a, a, ha a half gram of, uh, of of hydrogen, which is uh, a, a tremendous tremendous. Uh, uh, production rate. Uh, so this is this is this is a uh, a very hopeful uh, th thing to think about, and and it's making jade for me, which is just wonderful. Um, the chemistry is 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 very involved. I, I I definitely do not understand all the aspects of it, but it's really neat to see all the bits that I that I can can understand uh, when I when I notice something. You know, for example, um, one of the side chains is making uh, something called magnesite, 
not magnetite. And I would have thought that magnesite was almost the same thing as magnetite. Magnetite is another ox um, oxidized form of, of uh, iron, perhaps produced uh, by uh, uh, bacteria. Uh, there are bacteria that definitely produce magnetite. But magnesite is a magnesium um, uh, carbonate. And so magnesite, when it forms... Um, is going to be uh, taking uh, CO2 out of, out of the uh, water. So this may be a way that uh, global warming can be addressed uh, uh, as well, that uh, the carbonate rocks may be a, a way to uh, sequester uh, CO2. So the entire process is, uh, is, 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 is wonderfully interesting and uh, you know, in the news today and is related to uh, evolution in general, the development of life, the beginning of life. And uh, I thought it would be uh, worth talking about a little bit as sort of a side technical note before we get to uh, back to uh, some of my other other discussions. Thank you.